0: The material in this podcast was written by Pam Padgett for our new book that we are publishing on Amazon entitled Attending Church. Pam was raised Catholic and attended a Catholic school for several years. In college in the 1970s, she is trying to reconcile differences between what she was taught in the Catholic Church and what she is now reading in the Bible. This is very interesting. Pam says, While in college in the 1970s, my college friend Connie Joe and I would often talk about things of God. One day, as we were talking, I mentioned something about Mary, the mother of Jesus, being assumed into heaven. Connie Jo asked me, where is that in the Bible? I responded, I don't know where it is in the Bible, but I'm sure it's there because we were taught about this in the Catholic Church. We had been taught that Mary was taken into heaven much as Jesus was taken into heaven, as told in the following scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And when he, Jesus, had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. However, when I looked in the Bible for an account of Mary being assumed into heaven, I couldn't find any mention of this. Surely I was overlooking it, I thought. When I went to my parents' home one weekend, I looked this up in their Catholic books of knowledge a three-book set of encyclopedias which told about Catholic doctrine. I was shocked to read that Mary being assumed into heaven was not in the Bible. It was explained in these books of Catholic doctrine that the report of this event had been passed down from generation two-generation, but was not in the Bible. This is the first time I saw that a doctrine taught in the Catholic Church was not in the Bible. And it was quite puzzling to me, says Pam. As I continued reading in the Bible, and as Connie Joe, and I talked, Other Catholic doctrines came to light which were either not in the Bible or conflicted with what I read in the Bible. I started a list of these things. Although I no longer have that list, I recall some of the things that were jarring to me as I read the Bible during that time. For it didn't line up up with that which had been taught in the Catholic Church. There was a difference between Bible and the Catholic Church. First Timothy chapter four verses one through three says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. The Catholic Church forbids their religious leaders to marry. Their religious leaders, such as priests, nuns, bishops, cardinals, and pope, are forbidden by the Catholic Church to marry. Yet we see in the Bible that the Apostle Peter was married and had multiple children. For Peter was an elder and as such was required to have one wife and multiple children with his children under established control. So by this we know Peter had a wife and children. We have in the Bible an account showing Jesus visiting the home of Peter. And Peter's mother-in-law Was ill, showing Peter had married. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw Peter's wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. In 1 Peter 5.1, Peter identifies himself as being an elder. Peter says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Qualifications for being an elder are in the Bible written as follows in First Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5. He must be blameless. The husband of one wife, a single man, cannot be an elder. The word elder and bishop in the Bible are used interchangeably. It's the same thing. And in First Peter 3 1 through 5, Paul says, A bishop, then, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own House, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Pam also says, And in the Catholic Church we were taught that we could not eat meat on Fridays. But we could eat fish. These are doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. And commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created, to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth, for every creature of God is good, And nothing is to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. In the Bible, there is no scripture telling us that we cannot eat meat on a specific day of the week. We are free to eat meat any day of the week according to the Bible. And also in the Bible, fish is called meat. John 21, 5, and 6. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not, able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Fish was meat in the Bible. Devils twist doctrine to the point it takes some effort to separate truth from the lies and what they make up by their own doctrines you will find it to be very twisted when you try to sort through and get the real truth. Jesus explains this in John 8, verse 44. Jesus says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. In Luke 20, verse 46, Jesus warns them, Beware of the scribes, the religious leaders, which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the market, and the highest seats in the synagogue and the chief rooms at feast. Pam said this reminded me strongly of the religious leaders in the Catholic Church walking about in long robes, and I saw many lay people stand in awe of them. In the New Testament church there are no religious garments showing a person to be a minister of Jesus. By the spirit dwelling in that person and by the spiritual gifts of God coming through that person, we recognize the calling of Jesus that is on that person. There are no religious garments in the New Testament Bible. From heaven, Jesus calls his ministers today and places his ministers in the offices of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, according to his will. There is no such thing as Pope, Archbishop, Cardinal, nun. There are no such thing as nuns in the Bible. All of these things were made up by the Catholic Church. In Ephesians 4, verses 8, 11 through 12. Jesus saith, When he ascended up on high, after the crucifixion and resurrection, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ also a minister can have multiple offices paul was an apostle teacher and preacher paul says to timothy in second timothy chapter 1 verse 11 wherefore i am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Pam noticed a considerable difference between the Catholic Church and the Bible when she read about prayer in the Bible. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. In the Catholic Church, Pam says, we were taught to memorize prayers, which we said over and over. During various rituals, such as Mass, the same prayers are recited, sometimes multiple times. And nowhere in the Bible are we told of anything called a Mass. That's made up of the Catholic Church. Another example of repetitious prayers in the Catholic Church is saying a rosary, in which prayers are recited over and over, using a string of beads called a rosary to keep track of how many times the prayer has been said. In the rosary, the primary prayer that we learned is a prayer to Mary. Quote, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. End quote. This is really horrible because the Catholic Church, instead of honoring Mary, blasphemed Mary. The Catholic Church taught lies about Mary and taught their people lies in telling them to pray to Mary. Mary is a dead person. She cannot hear the living when they pray to her. She has no power to answer prayer. She can't watch over you, for she's asleep. She's dead. It is God who has power to answer prayer, and to watch over us. Mary is to be honored by that which she did when the Holy Ghost spoke to her as follows. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The greatness of Mary is that she yielded to the word of God And accepted that word and suffered the shame that often comes from the word. And when Jesus was crucified, Mary stood at the foot of the cross and saw him as he was dying. Yet she had heard from his angel that he would have a kingdom that never ended. That had to have been mysterious to her. And also a shame to see him on a cross because the Bible says cursed is the man that hangeth from a cross. Also regarding prayer, Pam says, The Catholic Church teaches you to pray to Mary and to other dead people whom the Catholic Church have designated as saints. Yet nowhere in the Bible are we told to pray to Mary or any other dead person. Dead people cannot hear you, for the dead people are asleep. John chapter 11, verses 11 through 14. These things said Jesus, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Concerning prayer, Pam says, We are told in the Bible to pray to God. Matthew 6, 6 But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And the question arises, who are the saints? In the Catholic Church, they appoint certain dead people as saints and tell you to pray to these dead saints for different things. They also tell you that dead saints such as Christopher protects you. But dead people have no power, according to the Bible. Dead people are asleep, according to the Bible. Those dead people who are in Christ will be raised from the dead when Jesus returns through the clouds to gather the elect of God to meet him in the air. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13-18 through The Apostle Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, proceed, go before them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Pam says, In the Bible, saints are all those who have been born again by the Spirit of God, the elect of God, chosen by God, No human designates who is a saint. The Lord adds to the church them which believe, and the church are the saints. Romans chapter 15, verse 26, Paul says, For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Archaea to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. There are several Verses of scripture where Paul refers to the church as the saints, all the church, the real church. Ephesians 2.19 Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 13, Paul says, All the saints salute you. All the church greets you is what Paul is saying to another church. The saints are the church. That is what the Bible shows us. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6 For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. He's the one mediator between God and man, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Pam says, In the Catholic Church, we were taught that in order for our sins to be forgiven, we needed to confess our sins to a priest, quote, to go to confession, end quote, that the priest would assign penance for us to do which were often to recite a certain number of prayers. And the priest had the power, they said, to forgive sins. To do penance for sin is to replace the grace of God through faith that Jesus paid for our sins. In the New Testament, we are not instructed to go to a priest to confess our sins. We confess our sins to God in the New Testament Bible. And there is nothing we can do to pay for our sins. Neither does a priest have power to forgive our sins. Our sins are paid for only by the blood of Jesus. Our salvation is not through a priest or bishop or cardinal or pope. Our salvation is not through doing various rituals, saying memorized prayers over and over, or following traditions and rules set up by man. Our salvation is not in a priest coming to pray over us before we die. We are only saved through Christ Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me, Jesus the Word. Pam says, It was especially shocking when I read in the Bible that we are not to make graven images And we are not to bow down to graven images. Each Catholic church I have ever been in had statues and people knelt down and prayed before these statues. Exodus 20 verses 1 through 6 And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the head of the church, Jesus, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In the Catholic Church, it is taught that the Pope is the head of the Catholic Church. And the word Pope is not in the Bible, not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. Jesus is the head of the church, the body of Christ, not a man called Pope. Pam says, Seeing these things from the Bible was so puzzling to me, for we had been taught that the Catholic Church is the only true church. How could they teach doctrines that didn't line up with the Bible? Yet I had a list of things that didn't line up with the Bible. That the Catholic Church taught wrong things seemed impossible to me, and I did not want to believe this. Was I not understanding correctly? Although the college I attended was a state university, there was a nun who was taking some classes there. She was easily recognized by the garments she wore. I asked if I could talk with her, and we set a time to meet. When we met, I had with me the list of things that I had collected, things in which the Catholic Church teachings did not seem to line up with the Bible. I asked about the first thing on my list. The nun turned completely white. As though all the blood had drained from her face. She was obviously quite shaken. She said this is the reason lay people should not read the Bible. She went on to say she couldn't answer questions such as this that I would need to talk with a priest or a brother. Seeing this nun's strong reaction, Was used by God to completely break through my believing that the Catholic Church is the one true Church. And this caused me not to resist seeing the wrong that they were professing in the Catholic Church doctrines. I clearly saw that it was not a matter of my misunderstanding. Those Catholic Church doctrines did not line up with the Bible. I left the Catholic Church. This is Joan Boney speaking. I found this to be such an enlightening testimony. I've never been in a Catholic Church. I've seen on television programs and in movies Catholic Church portrayed and I've seen the statues that they keep in their Catholic church, and I've seen them light candles, which I think they assume has something to do with getting their prayers answered. And I've seen these things, and I've known how false they were, how antichrist. But reading Pam's testimony is really very substantiating to me. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today. Tomorrow we will continue with the next chapter from our book, which is entitled Attending Church, published on Amazon.